Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Roadside. I am Abigail. I am Janica. (laughs) And this is our podcast, I suppose, is what you would call that. How's it going, Mom? Going pretty good. How's it going for you? Pretty good. Any, uh... Life updates in the past week or so? I got an online bully. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. I did hear about that. (laughs) That's so fun, Mom. You have your first hater. I know! It's like, I must have gotten accomplished somehow. I know. You're like that famous now. (laughs) I had an appointment with my therapist yesterday, and I was telling her all about how my TikTok DIYs went kind of crazy there, Mm -hmm. and that I had a bully. For those that don't know, obviously, because they haven't followed me, maybe. Whoever this person was, was literally calling me names. Love that. Like what? Like what? On TikTok. Crazy Karen. Ah, yes. Called me a bitch. Of course. Classic. Yeah. I mean, they were either, you know, eight years old or whatever. Couldn't come up with anything better. But they were commenting on... Multiple videos, multiple times, over and over again. That's so ridiculous. Who has time to waste to do that? Exactly. So I finally called her out. It was, I'm assuming a girl because her name was a female name. I'm not going to give her any attention on here by giving her name. Right. But anyway, but the picture was just some random little cartoon. So I have no clue, obviously, who it really was. But I did a call-out video because I was like, you know what? If you're going to continue to bully me, I am just going to call you out right here and just, just you know, let TikTok see exactly what you're doing. And I did report her too. Good. I don't know that anything came from it. I haven't gotten a response. But I did a call-out video. Well, that video alone got like 35,000 views. Mm-hmm. And she just continued still to bully me and other, pe- and other people commenting to her. Sounds like she just is has no control over anything else in her life, so she has to do this. Very possibly. But like, I have no fucking clue who this is. No idea why a random person would do this. And then somebody commented and said, this sounds very personal. Maybe it's somebody you know. And I was Ooh. like, oh, I never. <laughs> Ooh, I have a couple ideas. <laughs> oh, I do too. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. immediately immediately when i read that comment and i was like oh oh yeah I'm, maybe I think, it I think is. I, I have two people in mind and i think we're probably thinking of the same two people i think we're thinking of the exact oh, same oh no two i could people. do three i could do three but okay you'll have yeah to- i'll tell you i'll tell you later okay anyway so i thought oh well well maybe and so i had made a comment to this bully and i just said you do realize that every time you comment on my post, you're just boosting my content and making me more money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Silence. Suddenly, mm-hmm. she had nothing to nothing say. Nothing to say to that bitch. <laughs> and then like five days later, she started again. Jesus Christ. I was like, what the fuck, I wonder lady? if it is somebody who knows you and they just have like this huge vendetta against you. Well, I can think of a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've made some people mad. Um, rightfully, rightfully so, so yes, but. they fucking deserved it. But anyway, so she comes back and she makes this comment and she's starting to accuse, she's now telling other people 
that are commenting on my post going and saying, commenting on their posts or their comments and saying that I started name calling and I said somebody was dropped on their head as a baby. What the fuck? (laughs) Right? I'm like, where are your receipts? Show me the proof. Exactly. Uh Where are your fucking receipts, Uh bitch? Come on. Because I know you keep your receipts of everything that she's ever said. Oh, I got screenshots of every comment she ever made. But yeah, I know you have all your receipts. Oh, definitely. At that, But at this point, it's like it had been two weeks of her continuously bullying me. And I was like, I don't have fucking time for this anymore. At the, at the beginning, it was funny. It was just like, really, you're getting very upset at me for the way that I did the my floors in my house. Did you pay for them? Why are you so mad at how I did my own floor? <laughs> so I finally just blocked her. But whatever. You know what? You got a crazy Karen because you're famous and bitches be jealous. But that's right. That's what Damn it, is. it Yeah. But as a lot of people said on TikTok, the haters are the ones that make you famous. Cause exactly. Yeah. They're the ones that just keep coming after you. And yeah, it's like, keep whatever. Your content. You, you don't like the way I did my floor? Okay. I don't care. Keep saying yeah. you don't like it. Yeah. Keep giving me comments. Keep looking at my videos. You don't live here. You didn't pay for it. So shut yeah, up. Exactly. <laughs> People just, people like that drive me insane. Like, this has nothing to do with you. Why are you online yelling about it? I had to block someone on my TikTok the other day. Why? So I made a video and it was about tarot cards and they asked like, okay, what does, what do these tarot cards mean? And I liked their comment, but I didn't respond to it because I had already responded to somebody else in the comments with the same question. Oh, okay. And so then they responded and they were like, wow, thank you for liking my res- my comment without explaining anything. <laughs> and so I responded and I was like, hey, if you just like scroll down, I responded to someone else with the same question. And they were like, well, I don't see it. So you must have just been ignoring me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, bye. I'm not going to deal with this. I-, I will tell you, though, the amount of duplicate comments... And I get yeah. it. People don't want to, dep- depending on how many comments there is, people don't want to scroll forever to find no. the answer to their question. Especially if you have a bunch of them. Right. Yeah. I've learned a so. lot over the last couple months about TikTok and how it works and, and the algorithm and yeah. Social media, all that jazz. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that's my life. Cool. Good. I'm glad to hear that you have a bully. <laughs> That's really fun for you, Mom. Thanks. And I'm glad that you're standing up for yourself and not taking any bullshit. Fuck, absolutely. I'm too old for that shit. Yeah. I mean, nobody should have to put up with it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not too old for that shit, but I'll still beat a bitch up. <laughs> not not physically, but like, you know. Yeah. With my words. Okay. We'll do that. We'll do that. Okay. So as for me, I went on a little trip over the weekend, which was very fun. Oh, yes. Ryan and I stayed in a little cabin in Illinois. Nice. And it was really fun. We went into uh, Galena for a little bit, did some shopping. Super cute. It is such a cute little town. Yes. Yes. And we had food at one of the hotels there. They had like a, a, a restaurant in the hotel. And it was fancy schmancy. Oh, yeah? And they made me this really good drink. It was a raspberry Cosmo. Oh, yummy. And it was so delicious. It tasted like a raspberry Jolly Rancher. Oh. Yeah, it was really That sounds good. dangerous. 
It was. I only had one because it was just lunch, but you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If it was dinner, I would have had a few more. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you had a good trip. Yeah, it was really fun. Most of the time we just kind of stayed at the cabin and hung out because we were just, I mean, the whole point of the trip was just to like literally just take a break, not do anything. Right. So that's what we did and it was pretty good. It was pretty fun. Good. Sometimes you just need to get away. It was really weird though because at this cabin, we pulled up we tried to pull up Netflix on their TV. Right. And it was it looked like how Netflix looked when I was in 8th grade. What? I was I'll send you a video of it, but it was like the old version of Netflix that wasn't like updated. Huh. That's so it was like weird. really like blocky. It was huh. so strange, but it had like all of the modern movies and shows that had come out. Interesting. It was really weird. I took a video of it. I'll send it to you. Okay, thanks. Because I was like, I was like, what? I feel like I'm in my bedroom at dad's old house in the basement. Because <laughs> that's where I would always watch Netflix. I'd be pulling up Supernatural. Right. And that's what it would look like. Hmm. It was kind of crazy. But anyways, that's that was pretty much it. We took a, little, a nice little trip and now we're back. Nice. I'm glad you had and a good time. Never. Awesome. All right. So what books are you reading or listening to, I should say? Yeah, I was going to say funny story about that. <laughs> Oh, gosh. So on a previous episode, we had talked about how we were both going to try and read physical books, and that just wasn't happening for us. It just didn't happen. Yep. About a month ago, Christian and I went to the library. Okay. And he wanted to pick up books, and he loves to read. And so while he's looking in the kids section, I see a book there that kind of caught my eye. I picked it up, and I read the jacket. I was like, that sounds like a a pretty good premise. So I got the book for myself. It's probably a book for fifth grade or sixth grade. Oh, really? Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to read this. Okay. I thought it's a good first book to start as a paper book, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, start my year. And I got two chapters in. (laughs) Yep. That's how it always be. I literally like, I bought two books, three books, at the beginning of the year, thinking, oh, I'm going to read these books. I'm going to read these books. I can't do mm-hmm. it. I can't do it. I'm like, I can't just sit down and read. I have to be doing something. Yeah, it's hard for I'm me. Too, I can't just sit there. So the three weeks of having this book out from the library, I got two chapters. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, screw it. And I got it on Audible instead. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> So that now I'm about halfway through it. It's yep, called see? so much better. Let me pull it up so I can. Okay, so the book is called Restart by okay. Gordon Corman. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's essentially about this kid who he's, I believe, in eighth grade, and he's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Not kind of. He's like a big jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, like everybody's scared of him. And then he falls off of a roof and hits his head and gets amnesia. Oh, shit. And so then he has to discover, like, who he really is and if he mm-hmm. wants to be that person anymore. So I'm about halfway through, so I don't know how it ends. But it had really good ratings. It was a Mark Twain pick. Uh, okay. Last year, Christian said it was a Mark Twain pick at school. So I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. And mm-hmm. so far, it's pretty good, but it's a lot faster on Audible than it was in paper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I like so. Whenever we were in this, whenever we were in Galena, we went to a little bookstore, 
And I was like, oh, I love going in. I love going in bookstores. You know, they're so cute and quaint, and you know, they just give you the good vibes. They are. But the whole time, I was like, I love, I love this bookstore, but I'm not going to buy anything from here. <laughs> I'm like, I'll look at the books and I will take pictures of the books if I'm interested, and then I will go get them on Audible. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do every time I go into a bookstore. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how how it's gone for me too. Life yeah, life that's gets just busy how our and brains work. Yeah, yeah. But if anybody else wants to, if anybody else brain works like ours, if anybody else's brain works like ours, yeah, that that's what she meant to say. You can go to audibletrial dot com slash roadside, and if you don't already, you can get a free thirty day trial with Audible. Yeah, do it. Yeah, and you can get thousands of books to listen to. Yes, do it. I've literally, I've been listening to Audible since I was like 15. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. 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 All right. Okay. Let's get into it. Perfect. Let's get into this episode. I am so excited about this. Okay. This is something that I have thought about for a while, but it wasn't on my list, I don't think. Is this going to be a two-parter? No. Okay. It's just be one. I got nine pages. So I don't think this was on my list, but it's something that I've thought about for a while because one of my friends went there once and she was a, she had a mug, like a souvenir mug that was oh. in her house for a while. Yeah. Okay. And it was always my favorite mug and then she moved out and she took it, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, Why would she It is hers, that? so I guess she can, ta- she can have I it. I guess. I guess. Anyways, this is the Crescent Hotel. Okay. So the Crescent Hotel is a... Historic 1886 Hotel and Spa located in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh, nice. Never heard of it. It is uh, very haunted. Very spooky. Of course it is. Of course it is. It's my episode. (laughs) The hotel has 78 rooms. Okay. It is huge. The whole, I'll get into it, but this place is ginormous. Okay. Um, And it's known to house a lot of spirits. All righty. So let's start with the history. Okay. So the Crescent Hotel was built by the Eureka Springs Improvement Company and the Frisco Railroad. It was designed by Isaac L. Taylor, who was a famous Missouri architect, actually. Oh. And he designed several buildings in St. Louis, which now I want to look up, like, which buildings he designed. And we can, like, compare and see how the style is, you know? Yeah. That'd be cool. At the time that they built the hotel in, like, the 1880s. Eureka Springs, as well as the Ozarks in general, were, like, popping. Everybody wanted to go there because it was said that the waters of the Ozarks had, like, healing powers. Hmm. Like, they could heal people of sicknesses. So everyone was going there trying to get their sicknesses healed. And so they built the Crescent Hotel to kind of take advantage of that market of people coming to. People that come to the Ozarks for their healing powers and, you know, stay a week or whatever. Right. So that's why they built the hotel. And whenever they did, whenever they started building it, they actually brought in stonemasons from Ireland in 1884 to help with the construction because it was going to be so complicated and these guys were supposed to be like experts. Wow. I know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So by the time the hotel was finished, it had taken $294,000 to build, uh, which was back then. So yep. today, it if we were if we built this today, okay. it would be nine point three million dollars. Damn. Yeah, it was. It's fancy as heck. Wow. 
I know. And wow, we'll, you we'll said get into heck. how fancy it is. I know. Heck. <laughs> I got to be PG. That's pretty fancy. I know. Yeah. Just tone it so, down for grandma. <laughs> yeah, I know. She gets mad at me whenever she's like, I hear you cursing on that podcast. Sorry, grandma. <laughs> Anyways. So the hotel opened May 20th, 1886, and was called America's Most Luxurious Hotel. So nice. during the grand opening, there was a lot of important, rich, hoity-toity people that came to the opening. Um, and one of these guests was actually the Republican presidential nominee at the time. Um, I don't know what his name is, but okay. he did not win. He didn't win, so. Okay. He didn't win. So at the grand opening, they had a ball, like an actual ball in a ballroom with a full orchestra and 400 guests. Wow. They were fancy schmancy. Sounds like it. So the hotel was very fabulous. It had really big decorated rooms that were like right straight out of a castle, you know, a palace. Yeah. There was a swimming pool, tennis courts, croquet, huge gardens, gazebos, stables. There was tea every afternoon and fancy dinner parties every night at this hotel. So it was very luxurious, and it was pretty much only for, like, the fanciest of the fancy people. Hmm. However, when the 1900s hit, the hotel slowly began to lose its popularity. Aww. And eventually it went out of business. Hmm. So it stayed empty for a little bit, and then from 1909 to 1924, it was actually used as a college. Oh, really? It was Crescent College and Conservatory for Young Women during the school year. Interesting. But it was still used as a hotel resort in the summer. Oh, okay. So uh, there's actually a picture of some of the students in front of the hotel that we will post. And it was like all these ladies dressed in all white and they're holding these signs and they're like old timey college ladies. It was very cute. Cute. Although eventually the college did have to close because they didn't have enough funding and then it sat abandoned for six years. Okay. Before opening again as a junior college for only four years, from 1930 to 34. Hmm. That didn't last long either. Wow. But everything changed in 1937 when a man bought the hotel. Okay. And he said, I'm going to turn this hotel into a hospital for cancer patients, and it's going to be a health resort. He said, I have this miracle cure for cancer, and it's super easy, painless, uh, no surgery or anything. Why do I get a bad feeling right now? It was advertised that patients would walk away from the hospital cancer-free. Mm. This man was Norman Baker. Am I supposed to know that name? No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. So Norman Baker bought the hotel in 1937, turned it into the Baker Hospital for Cancer, and now this sounds like such a great idea, right? Like, oh my God, this man must be so sweet. I mean, yes. He opened a, a hospital for cancer patients. But I, I I get a bad feeling about this. You should. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into Norman Baker a little bit. Let's talk about him. Okay. So Norman Baker was born November 27th, 1882 in Iowa. He left high school to become a machinist but he quit soon after, after seeing a magic show. And he was like, I want to do that. Okay. So he gathered his own performers and he made a show of his own, which got very popular in 1904, in like the early 1900s. All right. And the star of his show was a woman named Madame 
Pearl Tangley. Oh, okay. Madam Pearl Tangley, who supposedly could read minds of people in the audience. Ooh. Everybody wanted to come to see this lady, but she ended up quitting in 1909 and was replaced by a woman named Teresa, who said that she could do the same thing. Okay. And the show was still very popular, and Teresa and Norman started to get along and then soon got married. Hmm. The show ended in 1914 when Norman found a new way to make money. Uh-oh. He created an invention called the Air Caliophone, I think oh. is how okay. you would say that. Which is a kind of like organ, but it runs off of just air instead of steam. Oh, okay. So it's like just a musical instrument. Got it. And he began to sell it and became super rich from it. He gained a lot of popularity from this, so he was a rich guy already. Alrighty. And in 1915, he officially quit the entertainment industry, divorced his wife, and became a full-time manufacturer of these instruments. Okay. Which was great for him. You know, he was really making, he was making a living, he was doing really well, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to open my own radio station. Which gained very fast popularity, and he became pretty, I don't want to say famous, but well-known throughout the area. And he began his own magazine as well. And in his radio show and his magazines, he talked a lot about big business and how it's sucking the life out of America and, like, a bunch of political stuff, basically. And a lot of it was stuff that he didn't even necessarily believe in. It was just, like, trying to grab people's attention for money. Okay. So he obviously moved around careers a lot, basically just following whatever made him the most money. And at this point, he was very wealthy. He could have just stopped his life right there or stopped. <laughs> he could have stopped right there and just. <laughs> <laughs> he could have just stopped his life right there. Okay. No. no. Anyways. No. His career. Is... <sighs> yes. Yep. Okay. Sorry. That's not what I meant. Anyway, I know it's not what you meant. It was just the way it came out. I know. Oh, boy. <sighs> what I was saying is that he could have just stopped there, kept making his money from his radio show and his magazine and his instruments that he's still selling. He was very well off. Yeah. But he heard about a doctor in Kansas City that was treating patients with some kind of miracle cancer cure. And he was like, oh, like, what a great idea. Like, this guy must be a really good guy. I want to see if this is real, and I'll put it to the test. And then I'll publish it in my magazine. Okay. So he went on his radio show, and he said, I need five volunteers. I need five people who have cancer who are willing to go to Kansas City free of charge to get this treatment to see if it works. He was going to pay for them to go do this. All right. I mean, that sounds like he started maybe with good intentions. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, oh, what a great idea. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for these people's cancer treatment and I'll publish the findings in my magazine so people know if this is real or not. Yeah, okay. So sounds great. So in the spring and summer of 1929, he sent his five volunteers to the doctor in Kansas City. So that was spring, summer he sent them there. They got their treatment. The first patient passed away in November. Aww. In December, he published his magazine, and the front page said, Cancer is cured! What? With a picture of him smiling. Cancer is cured! I, 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 but somebody died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, how is it cured? Soon after that, <laughs> the second patient died. Oh, Lord just after mercy. Christmas. The third died in January. The fourth died in February. So what were his findings? Sorry. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and so in March, he printed another edition of the magazine that all five of his patients made a miraculous recovery. I'm so disgusted already. They no longer had cancer. Well, f- and they were out there living their best lives. <sighs> the last patient then died in May. Oh. So obviously not a cure for cancer. Obviously. But Baker was like, yes, this is the cure. He knew it wasn't the cure. He was publishing that it was the cure because he was going to acquire the cure from the Kansas City doctor and open the Baker Medical Institute in Iowa. (sighs) So he could make money off of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I found what is actually in the quote-unquote cure. Oh, okay. And it was a mixture of glycerin carbolic acid and alcohol which was mixed with tea brewed from water melon seed brown corn silk and clover leaves all right so like it has nothing to it's it I'm like i'm not a doctor but i'm pretty sure that's not gonna that's, work it doesn't do anything it's not gonna do anything <laughs> that's it's what it is so basically it was just a hoax for yeah the kansas city doctor and for baker to get money so the institute was an absolute hit and Baker started making a shit ton of money off of it. Mm. He was advertising that people come to his medical institute and he has this miracle cure from this doctor and he would cure them of their cancer. But in April of 1930, he got in some trouble with the American Medical Association. I wonder why. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. <laughs> because they were starting to see like, okay, this is this guy's a quack. This yeah. isn't real. The American Medical Association started telling everybody what a hoax this was, and Baker retaliated by saying the American Medical Association had offered him money to buy his cure so they could take it off the market and make more money themselves. Oh, Lord have mercy. That's what he said. Not true. (sighs) They never offered him money. Right. They were like, why would we want this? Yeah. (laughs) It's going to do nothing. (laughs) So... But the AMA did not stop, and they kept spreading the truth about Baker in their own magazine, the Journal for the American Medical Association. So they kept talking about Baker, stating his name, stating the institute that he opened, saying that this was all a hoax. Um, So he sued them for defamation. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And then he accused them of sending three assassins after him. Oh. The American (laughs) Medical Association. Yes, I'm sure they did. Sending assassins. After this guy. Totally happened. I mean, that's, I mean, for sure that's what it was. I mean, this guy's so, like, real. For sure. And genuine. I mean, yeah, I'm, so that's what he did. I'm on his side 100%. Uh, always, yes. <laughs> so he even went as far as to display his cancer cure in public to prove that it was real. So he advertised that he would be in this town in Iowa, and that people could gather and watch him cure someone of cancer. Uh, what? Like, and I'm talking about, like, literally in, like, the town square. Like, it's a magic like, show. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> so, 
God. Here, there were 40,000 people gathered to see this. Oh, Lord. And to prove his cure, he drank a huge dose of the cure to prove that there were no ill effects. Okay. And then performed brain surgery in public. What? Out in open air on a 68-year-old man named Mandis Johnson. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? So he opened Johnson's skull. Oh, God. And applied his, quote, cure. Oh. On what he said was cancerous brain tissue. Oh. And claimed once again that cancer was cured. Oh. Let me just tell you another thing. Johnson was awake. What? The whole time. The whole time. What the fuck? Awake. Oh my god. So this just kind of proves that Baker was just a performer. He just wanted to show people. My god, that poor man. I know. Don't, well, don't feel bad for this man. The brain surgery guy? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Okay. So basically, Baker was a performer, and people took to it because he used, like, visual tricks. Okay. And the AMA later debunked this surgery as a hoax. What? Yeah. So he didn't really do it. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, okay. So okay. Johnson had a condition that caused inflammation of his outer skull. I don't know how that works. Doctors explain. Um, this is just what I found. So don't come at me if this is wrong, but... Okay. She is not a doctor. I'm not a doctor, okay? (laughs) So he had a condition that caused inflammation of his outer skull. So when Baker supposedly cut open Johnson's skull, people thought they were seeing his brain, but in reality, it was just, like, the outer portion of... Like, it was, like, the inflammation that he was showing them, basically. Weird. I don't know if Johnson was, like, in on this... I was just going to say, was he in on this? I don't know. That's why I said don't feel bad for him yet. Because Did he even have cancer? I don't know. I have no idea. Huh. But if Johnson, like, if he did think he had cancer and he went to this guy and this guy did this, fucked up. Absolutely. If Johnson knew he didn't have cancer and that he just had this weird medical condition that could convince people that this guy had a cure for cancer, also fucked up. Yes. For sure. So either way, it's fucked. (laughs) Either way, yes. Yeah. So, finally, an arrest warrant was issued against him for practicing medicine without a license. He never went to Not medical school. Not damn time. No. He never studied. He never got his medical license. Nothing. I doubt he even cracked open a medical book. Like, nothing. He couldn't have even watched Grey's Anatomy back then. I know. Like, everybody can be a doctor now. You can just watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had no medical practice, absolutely nothing. He was a magician, and That's he made so... musical instruments. And so now he's disgusting. practicing medicine. So an arrest warrant was issued, and he ran away to Mexico. Of course he did. However, he soon returned and pled guilty because he was running out of money. Mm. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, after that, I'm not sure what his, like, punishment was for this. I never found that anywhere. Um, but he he was basically, he, he was run out of the state. Okay. So, he moved to Arkansas. 
since he couldn't continue his scams in Iowa. And this is where he brought, bought the Crescent Hotel and turned it into Baker Hospital. So all of that shit was in Iowa. He hadn't even got bought the hotel yet? Nope, not yet. This was all leading up to it. <sighs> oh my god. I know. So here he continued to advertise his cancer cure and treated patients at the hospital. I read a story about a woman who ended up having cancer. And her husband was so desperate. They didn't have any money. And just, like, he wanted his wife to survive. So he was so desperate, and he trusted Baker with his wife. Mm. And then his wife later passed away because she had cancer. Nothing Baker was doing could fix right. that. So... While he was operating the hospital, Baker was still being investigated by authorities, and in 1939 was arrested for mail fraud, of all things. Yeah. Because that was, like, the thing they could get him on. Right. So- Like Al Capone and his taxes. Exactly. (laughs) So, what Baker was doing was he was selling his, quote, miracle cure elixir, through the mail to other people, as well as... Oh, God. Yeah. So it was estimated that just by... Just the mail, just by the mail, not even the hospital, he was making as much as $500,000 per year. Today, Mm. that's $10.7 million. Just from the mail. No wonder they got him on mail fraud. Exactly. So, Baker was convicted and served four years in Leavenworth Prison in Kansas. And in the warden's report, Norman is quoted as saying, I am not guilty. They have never proved anything in the indictment. We figured this was a railroading proposition. It is my opinion that the jury was fixed and influenced. We have hired private detectives to look into this matter. It is believed that whiskey and women were made available to the jurors. We were railroaded by the American Medical Association, who have been after me for years. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He said, the American Medical Association gave my jury whiskey and women (sighs) to convince them, you know, to bribe them, whatever. So, he's dumb. Totally happened. Yeah, he's stupid. But he did all of that same stuff at this hotel which was a hospital for a minute yeah no one like strictly died from taking his cure um like it wasn't poisonous or anything like that yeah but it is believed that it definitely hastened the death of those suffering from cancer because they didn't seek actual medical help they were only taking this treatment thinking it was going to work so they didn't go to any real doctors yeah Baker was eventually released July 19th, 1944, where he then moved to Florida and comfortably lived until he died in 1958 with all of his money. What a jackass. Yeah. So he kind of sucks. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So I believe that he should have gotten way worse punishment than he did. But, you know, this was. Well, yeah. Four so years long that's all ago. he got. I know. Four years. And I saw somewhere that. They fined him as well, but it was only for, like, $4,000. This man is a millionaire. Like... Yeah, right. Come on. That's ridiculous. 
So during 1940 to 1946, the Crescent Hotel sat empty again after he had left. But in 1946, four Chicago businessmen decided they were going to restore the hotel, but it was just never as popular as it was in its early days when it was like the fanciest place in the world. And in 1967, a fire broke out and destroyed much of the fourth floor, unfortunately. So the hotel was passed through many hands over the years, um, went through a lot of restorations, but it was just never as nice and grand as it had been. I mean, it had been converted into a hospital and then back, so a lot had been done to it. But in 1997, the hotel was bought by Marty and Elise Rognick. Okay. Something like that. Okay. (laughs) Um, And when they bought the hotel, they announced, in five years, we pledge to have this grand lady of the Ozarks back to where she was a hundred years ago. So they pledged, they were like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it, and they did. So they restored everything from the spa. There was an observation tower. So they restored everything, the spa, the observation tower, the crescent moon weather vane. Like, it, gorgeous. If you look up pictures of this place, beautiful. It's kind of, it reminds me a lot of the Lemp Mansion. Oh, okay. I think it's a little fancier, though. Yeah. And the Lemp Mansion is already fancy. And on September 6th, 2002, their pledge was fulfilled, and after $5 million, the hotel had been restored to its former beauty, which still remains today. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's still open as a hotel. Um, People go stay there all the time and do ghost tours. They have a spa, which does not say that they cure cancer. Um, (laughs) Well, that's good. Yes. They might give you a nice back massage, but they're not going to cure your cancer, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, if if only, but... Uh, yeah, but it is gorgeous. So let's get on to the hauntings, my favorite part. Okay, here we go. So the Crescent Hotel is known to be one of the most haunted places in the Ozarks, and staff and guests have all reported ghost interactions. So I'm going to go over a few of the interactions that people have reported. Okay. The most often cited ghost is a red-haired Irish stonemason named Michael from the original Oh, yeah, stonemasons Irish. that came. Okay. So he's said to be one of the original ones who worked on the building in 1980 or 19, 1885. And while working on the roof of the hotel, Michael lost his balance and fell to the second floor area where he died. Oh. So he died at the hotel while working on it and The area where he fell now houses room 218, which is, like, the most haunted room in the hotel, apparently. Mm. And Michael likes to mess with people. Oh, gosh. He likes to turn the lights on and off. He likes to play with the doors and the TV. Sometimes he'll pound on the walls. (laughs) People have also reported seeing hands reaching out of the bathroom mirror. Uh Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I don't like that. <laughs> and can hear the cries of a man falling in the ceiling. Oh, I know. Others have said in this room they have been shaken awake in their beds by no one. Oh, and one guest even ran out of the room screaming about blood splatter on the walls. Oh, gross! So, like, that's how haunted this place is. Okay. Another spirit often seen is from the Baker Hospital days. People have often seen a nurse dressed in all white pushing a gurney on the third floor. 
She's only ever spotted after 11 p.m., which is when they would take the deceased from the hospital. Oh. And when the ghost nurse reaches the other end of the hallway, she just disappears. Hmm. And when people don't see her, they can hear the squeaks of the gurney being <gasps> pushed through the hallway. Oh, that's kind of creepy, too. And during the 1930s, the area of the hospital where they see the nurse was used as the morgue. Oh. And still to this day, houses Baker's old autopsy table and walk-in freezer. Oh, why? I don't know, but it's still there. Ugh. I know. It's kind of crazy. And it's weird to me that they see the nurse. Yeah. And not a old patient. Well, there might be. I mean, there's a several, several ghosts. I'm going to get into quite a few more, so. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, unless the nurse died there, like, why yeah. would she want to go back there? Well, Or maybe she just loved being see, a nurse. They also see the ghost of Norman Baker. He didn't die there, but he's oh. still around. Makes sense. He's often seen in the old rec room in the basement and at the foot of the first floor stairway. Huh. And in the basement is where Norman would take his patients to convince them to let oh. him practice on them. I don't like that. When people see him as a ghost, he's always dressed in a purple shirt and a white linen suit. <laughs> okay. And people say he looks somewhat confused. And he looks just like the old pictures of him. Hmm. They also ended up having to discontinue the old switchboard in the hotel because it kept receiving calls from the empty basement. Oh. Like I said, the basement is where Baker would take his patients to talk to them and convince them oh. into giving him their life savings in return for a miracle elixir. I don't like that. Yeah. So <laughs> these vengeful ghosts who are like, fuck you, Norman Baker, right. hanging out in the basement and calling up on the switchboard because they're bored. That's my thoughts. Mm, okay, yeah. That's I what mean, I that think. That makes sense. Yeah. In room 419, housekeepers often see a ghost who calls herself Theodora. Mm. Not a whole lot of information about her, but there's that. In the lobby, people will see a man dressed in Victorian clothes, complete with a top hat and mustache and beard, sitting at the bar. Oh. And people have tried to start conversations with him, but he never responds, he never makes eye contact, and then he just disappears. Hmm. In the hotel's crystal dining room, this is where they had, like, all their fancy balls and parties mm, and like, stuff. I was like, that sounds fancy. It was very fancy. <laughs> so, in here, people would often see uh, ghosts dressed in, like, Victorian clothes. They'd be dancing around the room in the early hours of the morning. And in the same room... People would say that they've seen a man sitting at a table near the windows, and when they would approach him, he would talk to them, and he hmm. would say, this is the only thing he'd ever say, he'd say, I saw the most beautiful woman here last night, and I am waiting for her to return. Oh, Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. I know. And he's like there forever. He's there forever waiting for her Just to Just waiting come back. for this beautiful lady. Oh, I know. That's sweet. I know. It's sad. In the kitchen, there is a young boy who likes to skip around. Oh, oh. He just likes to, you know, hop around the kitchen. People also report, like, pots and pans flying off the hooks when he does this. Like, it's yeah. just some, some little kid ghost skipping around. Yeah. And it is said that a young woman from the Crescent College still lingers. Mm. And this girl was either pushed or jumped off of the balcony <gasps> To her death, and people can oh. still hear her scream as she falls. Oh. 
That's sad. So there's a ton more ghosts in this place. If you want to look it up, there's a lot of information about it. But these were like the most important ones that I saw and the ones that I wanted to talk about. And that is the Crescent Hotel. All right. Lots of fun history there. Yeah. I Um, would love to uh, see that in person sometime. Yeah. I would too. I was just looking at pictures and it just, it looks absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. Pictures of it. In, like, the old days were just gorgeous. Yeah. Moral of today's episode. (laughs) Don't say that you can cure cancer if you can't. Or any other disease or health condition. So just, like, don't pretend to be a doctor if you're not. Don't open people's brains. Yeah. Or um, whatever he did. Yeah, exactly. So just, like, don't do anything that Norman Baker did, okay? Yeah. Just don't. Just don't scam people and don't yeah. bully people online. Be nice. And the thing is, he could have just stopped. He could have stopped when he was already He could have absolutely stopped. He could have stopped with the the musical instruments. He was already making good money. He was already rich. But he was like, no, I want to go scam some cancer people. What the fuck, dude? It kind of makes me wonder, though, because it sounds like he had legitimate businesses his whole life. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he went into this scam. I just have to wonder if he scammed people in other ways prior and he just was never caught because it wasn't mm. bit this it wasn't kind of a big, big deal. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is like a big a big scam to start with, you know? So I'm sure he built yeah. it up gradually over time because there's no way he could just start with that. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. But people do crazy shit for money, so you never know. know. People always do crazy shit. People do crazy shit just to do crazy shit. (laughs) That's true, too. (laughs) All right. That's it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And hopefully we can go to the Crescent Hotel someday and I can get my mug. Hopefully, yes. That's all I want in life. You, you, you need your Crescent Hotel mug. Yeah, it like it was so cute. It was this white mug and it had a little black box that had the hotel in it. And then when you fill it with, with coffee, it changes colors. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I loved it. Maybe the Crescent Hotel will send you one. Please. I will buy it, okay? You don't even have to send me one. Just I'll buy it. Just send okay. me the link. <laughs> send me the link. <laughs> She wants her mug, damn it. I do. You miss it. All right. Well, that's Roadside. You're welcome. Follow us on TikTok at Roadside Podcast. Yes. I gotta look it up. (laughs) And Instagram at Roadside Pod. See, I usually have it right in front of me. (laughs) Instagram, yes. Uh, Facebook, Roadside Podcast. Email at roadsidepod at gmail.com. Yeah, do that. We want to hear from you. And go to our website, roadsidepodcast.com. Heck yeah, do that too. And when you're there, click that beautiful little gray button that says Patreon and become one of our patrons and help support our podcast so we can continue it. Yeah, we love you all. We love you. We love doing this podcast and we want to continue to do it. So yes. we would love some support, whether it's through Audible or Patreon or just following us on our socials or yeah. however however you can support us. Leave us a review. Share the show with your friends. Yeah. Do that. Do all We're of that. cool, we like to think. Yeah, I think you're pretty cool. I mean, I think you're pretty cool too, Mom. How awesome. would I be cool if you weren't cool, you know? That is true. I did pass my coolness down to you. You really did. I appreciate that yeah. a lot. 
You're welcome. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And keep finding the thrill in the mysterious. Thank you. Love you all. Bye. Peace out. Mwah.